I'm Ian McNally, and you're listening to the McGavin Fry's Movie Podcast. Hi, I'm Gavin, yeah. Yeah, high energy on a Sunday there, right? <laughs> Welcome to the McGavin Fry's Movie Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by Green Room 136. Green Room 136 is the Malaysian independent bag company specializing in the design and manufacturing of various urban carry gear. I myself am the proud owner of a couple of pieces. Yes. <laughs> Very pieces. Fine I like the way you refer to them as pieces. Yes, right. They're not bags, they're pieces. It's this a, piece. It's a fine piece. I picked up this piece ahead of my movie. Yes, I did. It was a fine piece. Served me well. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to see more about Green Room 136's single strap, double strap, side keep, pocket wallet, all sorts of bags, you can go to greenroom136.com. And if you use the offer code MACYAP10, that's M C Y A P 10, you'll get a 10% discount off your next purchase. That is right. And what do they sponsor us for doing? They sponsor us for talking about movies on the internet. And today we're going to be talking about A Wrinkle in Time and Jennifer Lawrence in Red Sparrow. That's right. Can't want to say Black Widow. <clears throat> <laughs> it is not the Black Widow movie you thought you were waiting for. Yeah. Or you thought that you even, yeah, not even thought you were waiting for, that yeah. you are waiting for. No, but a few people actually were talking about that. It was mm. actually a piece in The Hollywood mm. Reporter saying that Red Sparrow is not the Black Widow movie you've been waiting for. And it's also not the Black Widow movie. They told you it was in the trailers, which you haven't seen. No, uh, I uh, went in pretty cold. Pretty cold, actually, Red Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, didn't see any trailers, any TV spots. If there's one thing didn't people say... Didn't read any reviews. I, I really didn't know shit about it, which, uh, which was good. Yeah, I was one very thing, happy about that. If there's one thing people say about Gavin, it's that he's pretty cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrinkle in Time was a little bit of the opposite. I saw all of the trailers. Didn't see any TV spots or, yeah. or read any reviews, but then again, it was hard to do that because it was uh, embargoed. It was embargoed up to launch, which is a worry. It's uh, usually not a good sign. Yeah. Unlike Black Panther, where they're like, come, come, yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, review it now. We, got, we don't care. We've got buckets of it around the back. We don't care. Review it now. <laughs> Tweet your review while the movie's playing. We don't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> we know it's a winner. <laughs> Wrinkle in time, it's like, oh, embargo, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, don't, don't write your review until... I love, I love how they say... It, well, it's, it's like a... The date is one thing, but usually it's like a bizarre time. A bizarre time like 12 usually, midnight or 1 a.m. or some shit. I think it's usually following on from some event in the U.S. or something. Probably. Because there was two this week, and I think... Uh, Wrinkle in Time was 1 a.m. on Friday morning. Yeah, yeah. And then Red Sparrow was 6 a.m. on Friday morning. It was something weird. Maybe yeah. that was a U.K. A U.K. screening, a premiere, some of that maybe. Mm-hmm. It can depend like that. Yeah. Embargo suck. We, you, nothing's going to change. No one's really listening to us anyway. <laughs> Secondarily, it's not going to change people. You know, A stinker's going to be a stinker no matter what. If people want to go see a movie, they're going to go see it, regardless of what the reviewers say. Yeah, it's only when you're going into your billionth dollar worldwide in week yeah. three or four when you're Black Panther that the word of mouth really helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not going to help in the first week. But anyway, uh, A Wrinkle in Time... Uh, this is the, this is actually quite a big deal. I mean, it's directed by Ava DuVernay, visionary director. That's going to haunt her for the rest of her days. It's always very, it's very tricky when you start calling someone a visionary director. What was the, what was the Spielberg one for Ready Player One? Game Changer, Steven Spielberg. Cinematic Game Changer, Steven. No, the book was the Game Changer. No, 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 no. By the pop culture phenomenon. Steven which Spielberg. it was. Yeah. Which it was. I, I mean, I Re- Ready Player, Ready Player One was a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, but the adaptation of the pop culture phenomenon, the worldwide pop culture ph- phenomenon. Either way, Steven Spielberg doesn't need any any adjectives. 
And uh, bizarrely enough, why does this mo- why is this movie not looking great? <laughs> it, sh- it should look amazing. Why am I not feeling it? If, that, if there was ever any project where you're like, right, this right, right, is right. up my this, alley. This, is, this seems like this. I don't see what the pro- what any problem could be. And then yeah. suddenly you watch the trailer and you're like, why is it so fucking monochrome? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I had a picture of Par- Par- Parcival or the other characters in whatever, my head. Whatever he looked like, it didn't look like that. this Yeah, whatever the fuck that is, I don't know what it that is. It didn't look like the Final Fantasy movie that came out in 2001. The Spirits <laughs> Within. You know the Spirits Within looks better. Like he's, got like, he's got like tire treads on his face or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know what's going on there. That Have you seen the posters, the insulting posters? Like there's one of him as Bullet. Yeah, It's yeah. like... Even for the time zone you're looking at, that's wrong. It's just bizarre. It's, and it's, the Matrix one is horrifying. Yeah. I, I don't really understand. Uh, I mean, it'll probably end up being good, but there's yeah. something about the way they've cut these trailers together, something about the way they're choosing to market it that just doesn't feel right. No. Um, it's trying too hard, or I don't know. They're being too coy. The whole. And also, this is an play- 80s game. You know, it's, it's, it's an 80s goldmine. Yeah. Why are the Stranger Things people not not involved in this? You know, what I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, the, like the marketing people. Oh yeah, they should get the Deadpool marketing team to to work on because it. it really does feel that it's being marketed by people who don't understand that era. Fucking millennials. It kind of does. <laughs> I'm not I'm not putting a label on it, but the marketing sort of feels like like whenever they try and do some eighty shit, yeah, yeah. it kind of feels like someone else's idea of what eighty shit is. It's the, it's from the marketing team, boomers and millennials. You know that guy, those guys. Oh, them. Oh, them, yeah, like the ones who completely missed the demographic. That's right, that's right, yeah. It's like, hey, we'll put the DeLorean in it, why? Mm-hmm. Even the end of the last... Tri- we're just, yeah, we're rambling today, it's... <laughs> we'll get to these movies later. We're going to review something. I yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we were. We're, about, we're about to review a movie. But like, even at the end, it plays the like, from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, like, yeah. no. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah, wrinkle, uh, wrinkle time. time. So it was. Produced. How do we get on this? Oh, visionary director. Visionary director Ava DuVernay, who's done Selma, Selma some documentaries, and uh, and another documentary. But but to be fair, she was, you know, the first uh, first African American woman to be nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. First African American um, woman who. Uh, Turned down Black Panther. Who uh, yes, who turned down Black Panther? That's, that's got a fucking sting. Uh, first African American woman to also be nominated in the documentary category. Mm-hmm. So she's she is a trailblazer. She yeah. is she is a pioneer in that sense. And here she is again, first um, African American woman directing a film with a budget with a nine digit budget. Yeah, it was one hundred ten million. Was it more? It was uh, just under one hundred ten million. Yeah. So. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, uh, representation and and matters. And it's unfortunate that that, that is, I think, going to be more of a... Because this is an interesting film. Uh, I mean, just like right off, the, you know, getting it out of the way. I'm not crazy about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not crazy about the film. I, don't, I, I know, not to say that I think it's a bad movie. It just didn't connect with me. Yes. Uh, there's a lot in there to like and admire. Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, some of the things worked very well. Some of the certain bits of the performances worked very well. Um, some of the ways they get in and out of plot problems I, annoyed me, and I'll get to that later. But there's also, uh, I haven't read the book, but I've been told by people who read the book, the book is similarly busy. Yes, um, I think we spoke to the same person. Yes. And uh, he, he mentioned a similar comment that the book is a little bit of a mess as well, yeah. uh, narratively, that it's a bit all over the place. Yes. Um, this film suffers from that a little bit but I think that it's unfortunate 
that uh, it's going to be hard. Uh, like, it's different for us. Like, we can look at it and watch the film as a film. But especially in the U.S., I think it's going to be hard for this film to be seen without bringing in the diversity issue and without bringing in the inclusion issue. Yeah. And the fact that it is, like, uh, it is um, that she is the first... Um, African American woman to ha have a movie of this of, of 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 this budget, and also the fact that that because she is directing it, is that why the cast is so diverse? Is that you know, there are lots of these things that yeah. are going to be entering into the the discussion, and it's unfortunate that these things are going to weigh the film down. And I've seen like some people really liking it, and the the conversation on online is already switching to are people liking it because of the. The diversity yeah, stuff. And it's like, that's one thing. And yeah. I think... And, and it's very unfortunate that the film has to deal with that. Because yeah. I think that the film would be the same... It would have... It, it, it wouldn't make a difference if the film was all white. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, There's the, a... the problems that the film have have nothing to do with diversity or anything like that. I don't know if it was Ava DuVernay or somebody else who had talked about like... You know, it's great when we talk about like the first black woman or first black person to make a movie with a certain budget or something like that. But the real conversations will happen when we have the first person who does that. Like, we shouldn't be having them be the first one who makes that money and it flops. And that yeah. shouldn't be the end of it. Yes. That's where it all comes down. Yes. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's what I mean is that there's a lot, there's a lot of extra stuff riding on this that the film doesn't need to have riding on it. Yeah. The film's got enough issues on its own. It doesn't need this extra weight sort of hunkering it down. Yeah. So let's put all that other stuff to the side. And just look at it as a movie. As a movie, which is what I tried to do. Um, as a children's movie, and this is not sort of like making excuses for it, no. but one thing that did sort of, keep, that uh, did keep sort of playing, kept playing in my head as I was watching it is like, this is a kid's film, mm. you know, and I tried to watch it with that in mind. Like this is a movie that is primarily meant for children. And as a children's film, a children's science fiction adventure, so to speak, mm. um, it does have a lot of really good things to say. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, you, I, can't, I can't fault that about it. And, you know, I mean, the things that kind of bugged me, I'm not sure if they would bug kids. Like, for example, the colors. Mm. Um, I got nothing against colorful films, but the, the, the costumes, for example, that all of the, um, the, the, Mrs. Main, that the main cast have, uh, that, the, that the Mrs. have, um, are so... Those kinds of colors only really sort of work if they're lit properly. Mm. And uh, I didn't find them to be lit properly. To be lit properly. <laughs> and as a result, it looked bizarrely cheap. Yeah. Uh, and when it did have these big special effects moments, it somehow felt like something you had seen before. It you know, like, like, it wasn't like, like it wasn't like it's not fucking Bastion on the back of fucking the Look Dragon, right? Yeah. It just it, 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 here's a big flying moment, but it, like it doesn't feel exhilarating. You're not yeah. feeling that. Yeah. Uh, before actually, before we go any further, um, in a nutshell, <laughs> the plot of the film. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the uh, the the story is very very simple. Uh, Storm Reed, uh, who Meg plays uh, Meg Murray, and she's very good. Yeah. Um, you know, her dad, played by Chris Pine, he's auditioning like, for Wolverine. Yeah, he's this amazing scientist, and he's trying to figure out how to travel through time, uh, along with his wife, who's also uh, his partner in in science. And he's on the he's on the brink of a of a major discovery, but not before he makes a fool of himself in front of a room full of people with his uh, crazy theories, telling everyone that love is the drug, something like that. And uh, and he mysteriously vanishes, and then four years later, which is the present day of the film, yep. uh, Meg is 
not very well adjusted. She's still having trouble dealing with the fact that her husband, that her uh, her father disappeared. And then a crazy um, white woman starts turning up in her house. And she's got a, an adopted <laughs> brother, Charles Wallace. Yeah. And she's uh, just also trying to deal with deal with that and be a good sister to him and all of that shit. And, and that bitch next door. And that bitch next door. Yeah. And then out of the blue, yeah, these. Um, Crazy white woman invades their home. Yeah. I mean, if, if, the, if the races were reversed, it'd be a very different movie. It would be very different. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if the Murrays were white and yeah. then suddenly Angela Bassett just walks in the and house and be like, and like yeah, get the shotgun, Charles Walls. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but but these mysterious misses turn up and they seem weird, and Mindy Calling speaks only in quotes, and then Oprah's big. And it turns out there are forces of good in the universe, and they're going to help them find their dad. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also there's a boy. There was a boy there too. <laughs> yes, there's a boy there too. But he's so inconsequential, it does not matter. Yeah, Levi, Levi Miller uh, playing Calvin. So like yeah. all, all his names have something to do with jeans. Yeah, I mean, really, seriously, this guy did not need to be in the movie. Hey, do you remember the Simpsons joke about uh, Lisa was reading non-threatening mail magazine? Mm. Uh, non-threatening teenage male hair yes, problem yes, yes, magazine. Yes. This guy looks he, like he was the right cover on the that. cover. Yeah. He's right on the cover. <laughs> but that's the story. Um, and I know I, I haven't read the book. Yeah. Uh, so I, but you know, I did a little bit of research on the book, and from what I did, Madeline Langle, right? Is it Langle? Mm? Yes. Um, 1962. And for the most part, from what I could see, what I could tell from the research is that the film is more faithful than it isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, you know, some little bits and pieces that are a little different, but for the most part, it's a faithful adaptation. So, if fans of the book may may like it, mm. uh, I, like I said, I'm not familiar with it. I didn't like. I, I didn't dislike the film. Yeah. It, it just didn't click with me. There was a moment early on where the music is swelling and there's stuff happening, and the camera zoomed in on Storm Reed's face. And I'm like, I'm totally getting swept up in the emotion of it all. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it just clicked. It's like, wait, I don't care about any of these people. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the the actual filmmaking that was going on was really well done, mm-hmm. but it didn't have the backup behind that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's cool moments of artistry there where you think to yourself, "That's a cool little bit," mm-hmm. um, and that happens quite a few times. There's yeah, yeah. there's a, quite a few times in the film where you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, that's a cool that that's nice how they did that." Yeah. But but then it gets sort of but then something also happened that that, that you're just Takes like, you oh, that, that's a really weird storytelling choice." Yeah. Um, I'm I'm quite surprised actually that, um, and this is also the problem when you hype up the director as well. Is like I, I'm quite surprised that she would have that many music video montages in yeah. the film. There's one of them which is in a flashback, which seems to be kind of a. a there's a moment between her and her dad, right? Yeah. There's kind of some memories yeah. stuff there. Yeah. And that sounds like that's a, that's a section you should have the orchestral score go in. Yeah. Just to keep that emotion going. Yeah. And then you hear someone singing. I don't even remember what the song was because there were so many songs. I forgot how many songs. Th- I think I think there were three. There were three sequences yeah. that were done that, that, that were done to a specific song, and, and again, like I don't remember the songs, mm. but it felt very MTV yeah. and very out of place in the rest of the film. And also in a film where, like, they cut bits out, in the trailers, you see all these different worlds, and some of those are just like, and then he went there and there and there, and that's all you're told about them. Mm. But they don't do an awful lot of traveling through the universe through the power of the Tesseract, mm-hmm. and so they're spending time on these music videos, but. Charles Wallace, the adopted kid, he just knows Oprah Winfrey, Mindy Kaling, and uh, Reese yeah. Witherspoon. He hangs out in a rarefied air in Hollywood or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he's that an just, annoying little it shit. It just feels weirdly <laughs> lazy. It's like, okay, you just kind of you're swept up in this idea, which can work sometimes, but it just feels like a little note of how he knows them or what's going on there would have helped. And Charles Wallace, let's be honest, he's an annoying little shit. Yes, when he turns evil, you're like, yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's. I knew we all. I always knew we had it. I've known this kid for thirty five minutes. I knew we had it. I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> it would be a total waste if they didn't do it. Yeah, the wasting again. Like moments from the trailer look like bigger set pieces. There's a, there's a scene from one of the trailers with like a fifties housewife kind of setup. Yeah, with the yeah. houses and all these kids bouncing balls. Bouncing the ball, yeah. And, it, and that looks like a very sort of cool Stepford Wivesy Village of the Damned kind of uh, yeah kind of and like with a, with a Disney with a Disney lens yeah. But it, that looked like something that was going to be fairly creepy, and you expected it to be yeah. part of. A this is where home. you know something's wrong in the state of Denmark, and there will be a test that the children need to use their wilt, yeah. uh, wily skills, and everything to get and out. In of. the movie, when that bit happens, it's really a nothing burger. They say like, like "Would you like to come in for some dinner?" And Meg's like, "No, thank you." Yeah, <laughs> that's it. They just turn around and leave. The closest thing to conflict is that Calvin is like, "Oh yeah, I'm hungry." Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's the closest thing, yeah. and. And you go in and you got the president from Scandal, and she's not doing anything. Yeah, she just. Go, I saw the. You know, it's the president from Scandal. Holy yeah. shit! You know, you know, Scandal, biggest TV series in the U.S. You know, there's some. You know, she's gonna she's gonna be playing a major part in this. Yeah, and yeah. she comes out, asks them if they want something to eat. They say no, and she's like, "All right, yeah, thanks, bye. I'm going back to Scandal." Yeah. <laughs> so that felt odd. It felt just like there wasn't enough there. Also, I think we need to see the end of making clouds villains in movies. It doesn't work. Yeah, the uh, the villain in this film is weak sauce. Well, the, the villain in this film is a is a dark cloud. Yeah, literally a dark cloud. Yeah, and many many films have tried to do the dark cloud before. Green Lantern, and none of them have worked. Yeah, this <laughs> none also, of them have worked. Did you? It also did that thing where it's trying to threaten her and it's doing some ineffectual snapping. And if you're thinking about it from its point of view, mm. why is it doing that? Like yeah. it, it could easily just like pick her up and kill her instantly. Yeah. Now, if it wants to turn her, that's one thing. But you scare her or do something with her. Yes. As opposed to just like I'm ineffectually slapping at you. Yeah. And it's not really doing anything. Yeah. It's just sort of like going up there, and like going. <laughs> like it's yeah. waving its fingers in front it's, of your face. It's just like, <laughs> hey you. Hey hey hey. Stop hey. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looked like. Like if, if it just did it once, it did it twice, and it goes. If it just said like I can smash you like a bug, you know that. Mm. That's all you need to do. Mm. But instead, it doesn't do that. It was odd. I mean, I, I found myself, like I said, constantly kind you know, of... At least like Dor- Dor- Dormadu. Dormadu from uh, Doctor Strange. I've like, come to make a deal. You know? But he kills him. Yeah. Then he comes back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least like, he's not wasted. Is it Dormadu? He's not a cloud, he's a face. He's a face. I never heard Dormammu. I never heard Dormammu. Dormammu. Doraemon. Unagi. No, wait. Yeah, but they made that they did something else with it. And also... He wasn't the main villain throughout. Yeah. It was like he was a he was a face that, yeah, Dormammu. That, yeah, Dormammu. Dormammu. That uh, allowed uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to talk to himself for a bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with this one, there's there's no real character there. There's no real sense of threat. Yeah, he's just like black vapor. Yeah, and, and even the way the way he's going to attack you is through the way he's going to destroy the universe is by making everyone slightly sad or a little bit depressed. Exactly. And he, it's not it's not like it's not like. You know, some people. No, no, no. I remember that because, like, when you, when they went when they took you through all those bits that show you how his evil how has influence. His evil has influence. I'm like, fuck, a bit late for me then. I'm like, yeah, this know, is that, all. That, that's me on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> You're expecting to see, I don't know, Nazis or something. It's like or so, instead, it's like some guy getting shit because he didn't get an A or something. Yeah, or like he took two apples from the canteen, motherfucker. Eighty six. Eighty six. Dude, this is like every fucking Chinese family. <laughs> How are you gonna afford the scholarship? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it didn't parents seem... are stressed that the kid's not doing well enough to yeah. afford the scholarship. You know, 
give the kid shit. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> evil in this is the friends we lost along the way. It's it's weird. But again, it goes back to kids' movie. Yeah. Well, oh, so this is something I can't remember who said this. Someone far smarter than I made the comparison years ago between kids' movies and children's movies. Ah. Kids' movies are ones that you can watch, you can put kids in front of and they'll watch over and over again, but once they hit a certain age, they will never touch that shit ever again. Mm. Whereas children's movies are the timeless classics, the ones that will stand the test of time and that you can watch as an adult and still see something in it. So a kid's movie would be like Mac and Me. Yes. A children's movie would be Goonies. Or E.T., yes. <laughs> if you're going to keep it with the alien thing, Mac well, and no. Me, E.T. Okay, so, so like a, a kid's movie would be The Explorers. The Railway Children is a children's movie. Children of the Corn. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of both. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. You're not going to say Malachi? We have your woman. Malachi! <laughs> we have your woman! <laughs> there we go. She still lives! It's only about, I knew you had to do it. You couldn't hold it. <laughs> I couldn't. Another thing I think was weird is like, yes, there's all this representation and diversity, but it looks like Oprah was done in a green screen for the first half of the movie. Oprah feels like stunt casting. Yeah. It just feels like stunt casting. Everything she says sounds like something Oprah would say. And there's no, not much journey for her. Meg Stormreed is very, she's very arresting presence on screen, but like they tell her at the beginning, love, love is the key. Mm. Like love is the key. Yeah. And then she meets some guys and he's like, you know, love is the key. Yeah, and then once it comes to the end, it's like it's like it turns out. Love wait is for key. it. Love is the key. Love is the key. No, no, they're like this movie. It's like if they had uh, done Matrix like this. The when 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 Neo goes to meet Trinity in Matrix One in the club there. Yeah. You're in a machine. You're in a machine. <laughs> You're in a computer generated dream world. <laughs> You're just batteries. You're just batteries. <laughs> dragged out of the club. We're just batteries. You're all just batteries. And Keanu's like, what a world. And Keanu's like, batteries. <laughs> and then he meets Morpheus. Guess what? Hey, Your batteries. Batteries. Yeah. I'm psychic. <laughs> but it's exactly that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it also weirded me out all the diversity stuff. And then, like, Mindy Calling's character just gets to speak in other people's words. That sound yeah. that that, that was, was a bad move. Weird. That was a bad move. And I if think you, it would have made whole... much better sense if they switched Reese Witherspoon for her because yeah. I found Reese Witherspoon intensely annoying. She was intensely annoying in this. Mm. And Mindy Calling's kind of annoying anyway, so it would have fit. Yeah, it would have fit. But I like Mindy Calling. I'm a fan. Oh no! But I, I, that's why I was, I was disappointed by this. Like, wait, so you're you're, she, you're she, pushing diversity, you're pushing empowered women. She uses other people's words. I don't know if they were all male quotes, but they were all from Earth. You know that species. They, they, they were. They then there's like the handy laugh, wasn't it? I never thought about it that. Yeah. Way. That species, speciesist. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't just like going, mm, blah, 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 you know, Marvin mm, the Martian. That would have been, you know, throw it aside one. Right. But yeah, so yeah, Wrinkle in Time, didn't enjoy it. But I'm interested to see if like, we're theorizing kids like it. I don't, I don't have any, I haven't heard any, anybody. I'd be very interested to see, yeah, you're right, how kids react to it. Mm. And I'd be very interested to see just, um, not so much the opening weekend, but mm. what kind of legs it has. Well, I, or, be, or whether it's like Giant Oprah, there's no actual legs. Mm. That was a weird thing as well. No, no, but, but I'd be very keen to see that, like uh, how it sort of sustains itself. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think it's, you know, I mean, we know it's not going to have a huge opening. It's, it's going no to lose to Black Panther. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see what kind of legs it has. Because I am genuinely interested to see how kids react to this film. Mm. And I mean, it, yeah. Any, I just... Anyone from like 
like Storm Reed's age and below. Yeah. I'd be very interested to see how they react to it. And as a result, their parents, mm. you know, family movie, mm. you know, take. Because I, I did see some commentary about how it's a movie where. It's not for cynics. It's not for cynics. But it's also, it's not where it, the day is won through action or set pieces. Mm. It's yeah. through feelings and emotions. Yeah. I think I just would have liked to see the feelings and emotions tied up with the quantum physics a little bit more. Yeah. Don't put quantum physics in your book if you don't really want to. But that's something through. that has been talked about in regards to the films. That it's not a movie for cynics. It's not a movie for adults. Yeah. So that's the if that's the case. Why are we? I'm, not, I'm not arguing with that. Yeah. Let's see what the kids think. Is that new, <laughs> let's go over to our new segment. Let's see what the kids think. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk to some kids through puppets. Shit. Whose kids can we ask? We're talking with uh, little Ava here. Little Ava. <laughs> Just got done watching The Wrinkle in Time. What'd you think? That sucked! <laughs> <laughs> the pacing was off! <laughs> Fucking hate Oprah! <laughs> Are your parents Republican? <laughs> <laughs> Get off my land! <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so that's The Wrinkle in Time. So now we'll go on to our double header. Continue with Red Sparrow. So yeah, Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow, the new uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie, uh, directed by Francis Lawrence, who uh, Jade Law worked with on the Hunger Games movies. No relation? Uh, no, I don't think there's any relation. Mm. I think they might have even been an item. Oh, oh no, that was Darren Aronofsky, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got the uh, directors confused there for a second. Mm. Uh, but uh, this is based on a book by Jason Matthews, right? Correct. Uh, which I have, have not, not read. read. Have not read. Not f- I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> but, hey, well, uh, it's uh, what, books? Yeah, the books exist. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, hey, I, and, hey. I, and I do like to read. I think it's okay. We're a movie podcast. I know, but sometimes sometimes it's nice if you've read the source material. Yeah. Uh, in this case, I'm quite glad that I didn't read the source material. Because mm. more often than not, you have issues yeah. with the adaptation. So, and... Uh, you know, unlike Wrinkle in Time, I, as I said earlier, uh, I had not seen any mm. footage, uh, hadn't read any reviews, didn't even really know what it was about. I knew that she was a ballerina yeah. who later be- gets involved in espionage or some kind of shit. Remember all of Black Widow's flashbacks from Age of Ultron? No. <laughs> I don't... You'd be amazed how little of Age of Ultron I actually remember. I'm actually, I, would, I'm not, I would actually be amazed. I think it's like I was watching... It's a, not the most memorable film in the world. <laughs> I was watching a video... Uh, you remember, I talked to you before about movies with Mikey and he was talking about building a shared universe and there was clips in there from all the Thor, all the Thor, Hulk, everything movies. Mm. And then there was the bits of Ultron I was like, oh yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Age of Ultron's a weird film in the sense that it's got like a lot of really cool bits in it, but yeah. somehow it's not a good film. It's how Ulysses Claw lost his arm. <laughs> I keep forgetting that happened. Okay. Yeah, but Red Sparrow. But it, it is ridiculous how the Ultron bits are like the ballet stuff, the school in the snow. Like they, they yeah. must have maybe they were ripping it off from the book. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Because but in you're this, right, you're right. Like the trailers were that. The trailers were ballerina, spy, soldier, tailor. That kind of thing, yeah. But it made it one well, didn't sh- it? It did that trick of it didn't show much action, but it made you think there was action. Yep. So when it came to the movie, that's what Uma was telling me. Is like the trailers just sold it like it was Atomic Blonde or something. Yeah. In in Russia. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit more spy than than, than a bit more spy than actiony, but still, there's no, there's nothing. There's, there's no hardly action. any action. Yeah, there's yeah. hardly any action in the film. And what is isn't action. So so yes, uh, 
Jennifer Lawrence plays ballerina Dominika Egorovoa. Yes. And um, the movie opens with this very nicely done uh, ballet sequence where she has an accident and she's out. And of it's action. cutting between that and Joel Edgerton's Edgar- 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 character. Yeah. And it's very nicely done. And when she gets um, sort of when side, she, let's, when she, let's just say that when she retires from the ballet, when she retires, she retires in fine style. And that's very <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, that's when you know. Oh yeah, this is the Hunger Games guy. Yeah. Because it's like Sharpen takes a breath. Yeah. Throughout the cinema, I think the pressure dropped in the cinema a little bit because everyone the, the air was sucked out of the room. Yeah, when, when, when that when that bit happens, it's like holy shit! Because you're not expecting it's like oh, it's a nice night at the ballet. You, you spend most of your time watching it, going, "Is that her?" Yeah. Oh, and we talked about this earlier about Oscar movies we hadn't hadn't seen. I Tanya. I Tanya. I've heard good things, but um, maybe I got a rough version. It, I, you could see the lighting quite didn't quite match. Mm-hmm. So maybe or maybe I need a. a figure, I thought this one matched pretty damn well. Really well done. It looked yeah. like it looked like her, mm. and um, you know Jennifer Lawrence, she's a good enough actress that who knows? I mean, maybe she did like fucking like. Uh, France about maybe, maybe she maybe she does have a ballet background. Mm. Who knows? But it does look like it's really her. Yeah. So if it's not her, if that's effects, then fucking well done. So Joel Edgerton has a mole. But anyway, she <laughs> basically is taken out of the ballet game. Yes. And. But Joel Edgerton has a mole. Yes, yes, and but the, the, and her uncle is. I was going somewhere. Is it SBR? I think it was the uh, the current FSB, which used to be the KGB. Mm-hmm. And so he recruits her to try and do certain things. And they, the, the whole key, of the whole movie is who's the mole. Yes, and he recruits her to become a sparrow. So she's got to go to sparrow school, where she learns how to use herself as a weapon. As a weapon. A psychological. It's it, this is the thing. It's more her sexuality, her sensuality, all of that shit to use it to gain people's trust and to extract information. Yes. And she gets she gets sent on one mission to kind of see how it goes, but that goes a bit not awry. It goes awry for her, but it goes exactly how the SFO wants it to go. Yeah. And at that point, it's either join or die. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And she just wants to get out, and the, it's all complicated by her mother, who's played by Jolie Richardson, mm-hmm. um, who I think was Alzheimer's or something though, or some Parkinson's or something like that she has. Yeah. She she can't get by on her own. She needs a she needs like a twenty four hour uh, t- taker uh, caretaker there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like, but, that. It's, but it is important to uh, to uh, point out that Jennifer Lawrence's character doesn't really have a choice. Yes, you know, because something happens earlier on where she witnesses something, and because of that, she's, you know, she's given the choice where like you can become a sparrow or we can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so she chooses to be a sparrow. Don't let the gun hit you on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of that, like character motivations and all that, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, and then and then it's, it's all it's all cat and mouse with her. Lying to different people and trying to figure a way out of it. No, she doesn't. She never seems to be trying to figure a way out of it. She seems to be just she making it up as she goes along a little bit. Like it doesn't come off as a master spy plan. It comes off as kind of like, well, how about I just tell you everything I'm doing? Well, she sort of feels her way through it, and mm. then very, very, very early on, her and Joel Egerton seem to be very honest with each other and very upfront with each other. Yeah, and, that, which is and, nice. And then they're kind of like, all right, we'll be upfront with each other. And yeah. then from that point on, you just sort of like, it's up to you to kind of figure out. Well, are they being honest? Yeah. Or are they not? Is yeah. someone going to get screwed over here? What's going to happen? Um, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah? I know you weren't too crazy about it. I wasn't too crazy on it. There was something about Jennifer Lawrence's performance, and I think maybe in the cut we got, because, you know, as one as the Russian one of the Russian station agents say, I've heard about you, Red Sparrows, and your magic pussy. Like, yeah. there is this whole thing, and there's a whole lot of power dynamics, and there's this thread running through the whole movie where 
she's really good at seeing to the heart of people and what they actually want. Yeah. Like there's there's a scene where she's supposed to manipulate somebody and she manipulates them, but not in the way that her teachers want her to, and not to the way that the guy's expecting, but she still comes off winning even though she's naked. Mm-hmm. But for all of that, we just see her face looking uncomfortable. Yeah. Like she's in the back of a Volkswagen or something. Yeah. And she rarely looks happy. Yes. To be there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which can rub off on the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. It's like, well, she's not having any fun. Why should I? <laughs> there's also a weird thing at the beginning. Like there's a moment where she visits the ballet again mm. and goes for a steamer. Mm. And that point kind of sets her character up in a certain way. It's like. Yeah. But they don't really Because this is before she does any training or anything. Yeah. And she's proven herself to be a, a fucking cold-blooded killer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, I was on her side because everyone loves a leg victim. Yeah. But then you're like, am I not on her side? Is she, how compli- is she, maybe it's like, she's complicated. Mm. Ex- quotation marks. But uh, then it's just like, it just seems like there's no master plan like at the uh, listen to the slash film podcast they were talking about uh, when it gets to the end of this movie i think it was jeff canada on that podcast was talking about was i enjoying this but is this movie more than what i thought it was like it's like it presents itself now as like aha then the curtain is revealed as the master plan but i I found it to be a very no-nonsense serious spy thriller spy spy film and even more, it's a psychosexual spy yeah. thriller rather than yeah. an action one. Because yeah. the, the, only, the only training she gets with guns is when she's going jogging and she sees some people using guns. Yeah, like there's, <laughs> there's no gun training. And, and that's what I liked about it is that, you know, not really knowing anything going in mm. and just sort of going in cold and experiencing it cold and like, oh, this is what it's about. I, I was pleasantly surprised. It was not the movie I thought it was going to be. It's inter- um, I have heard uh, people commenting about the whole thing are like, well, did I enjoy this? Mm. It's not necessarily... Because it feels like torture porn halfway through. Well, the, the, what, can, what, 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 what degradation can we put Jennifer film, through next? The film does have certain sequences in it that is pretty ballsy for a mainstream mm-hmm. um, commercial thriller. Yeah. You know, uh, there's, there's, uh, like, there's one torture, torture sequence in particular. With the chair and the with, thingy? Yeah, uh, that's, that's fuck, pretty fucking hardcore. Uh, and it, you know, I, and it, I really like that moment because... You don't see anything. Mm. Somebody rolls a lint roller on the back of someone's back, but because of what you've been told, it does. Yeah, it, it, it fucks you up. Fucks you up. It's yeah. like it's like Reservoir Dogs, like the ear cutting scene. Like everyone will swear up and down they saw the ear being cut, but they never did, right? And mm. that I thought that was super effective. But I think what hurt it most for me was this movie is long. It is a very long film. Even with the sexy bits, either pan and scanned and zoomed in, which for Malaysian audiences, they, they zoomed right the fuck in. Yeah. So it did look like I was watching a YouTube video on 240p, mm. which it hurts. It hurts the film a bit. Yeah. But No, no it, it, is a, it is too long. Yeah. It does not need, need to be this long. It's nearly two and a half hours. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be. Yeah. I would say that's probably the, the biggest issue I had with it. But even then, I was never bored. Hmm. I mean, like I, I did sort of notice, you know, watching in the screening, you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, this is uh, it's pretty long." Hmm. But it never—I was never bored, hmm. and uh, it never stopped working for me. I—I hmm. I did enjoy the movie. Like, yeah, I mean, there's some, fun, but at the same time, yeah, I kind of like that. I like it when a movie commits to it like that. Yeah. Um. So I enjoyed it. Hmm. Uh. You know, is it the kind of movie that I, I would want to see again? Probably not. Yeah, I agree with that. Might have to because yeah. I know the wife would probably want to see it. Uh, but 
She likes watching um, Jennifer Lawrence get tortured after Mother. No, I mean it's something different, you know, <laughs> it's something different. Yeah, it'll probably just—it's another—it's lo- another movie in the long list of movies in which my wife threatens to kill me after I take her to go see. It. And then, well, I told you, bring her to game night. Yes, yes, yeah. But I think if you want something a little different, um, you know, these days if you go and see any film that doesn't have a fucking superhero in it, it feels refreshing. Yeah. And this movie did feel refreshing to me. Mm. Uh, and I like Francis Lawrence as a director. I think he's. You know, I think he makes some very interesting. <laughs> you know, watching watching Red Sparrow, you can kind of see that. Uh, yeah, this is this is the film. This is a film directed by the guy who did Constantine. Mm. Not so much Hunger Games, yeah, yeah. but Constantine, because yeah. Constantine also had a similar kind of pacing. Mm-hmm. It had a similar kind of uh, color palette. Yeah, it has the a way, very. Way, it, way, it has a very. Uh, it makes a very definite choice in its colors and look. Yeah, 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 and. Um, it does have that so that it does kind of have that uh, slightly noirish feel to it, mm. uh, you know, a Cold War noir kind of thing, which mm. Constantine also had. It's a lot of seedy bedrooms. You and, know, uh, I mean, like uh, outside of um, Red Sparrow and, and Constantine, like the guy's done Hunger Games and he's done Water for Elephants, which is not necessarily. <laughs> I, I fa- you know I didn't see the last two Hunger Games films. Yeah. So I don't know how much how closely it sort of uh, compares in, in regards to that. Uh, I've I seen, seen the I've, last two either. I've seen Water for Elephants, oh. um, and I found a lot more similarities with Red Sparrow and Constantine oh. <laughs> than I did with Water for Elephants. But no, I enjoyed it. I, I would recommend it. Uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to recommend that. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think I liked it. I didn't like it. No, I mean, I would say, like, do you like espionage movies? Do you like Cold War spy thrillers? Yeah. If you do, I don't see why you wouldn't like this. Have you seen Tinker Tailor? Yes. Yeah. Was, would you put it a similar? Hell no. <laughs> Tinker Taylor's way better. Yeah, I keep, I keep wanting to watch. It. I keep forgetting to watch. It. It's one of those things where it's, it's on my backlist now. No, I mean I think they're similar in regards to their length and in regards to their pace. <laughs> no, no, Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy to me, the only similarities it has with Red Sparrow is length and to a certain extent pace. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're similar. I mean, aside from the fact that they're spy films, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare those two. I think Tinker Taylor is a, a, a far more superior movie. Whereas uh, this feels, this kind of feels like a, like an exploitation film, but done seriously. Have you seen Atomic Blonde? No. Yeah, because that I think is more like what you're saying, like an exploitation movie. No, but I mean, if you take a look at the concept of this, yeah. if, if, you know, like the whole idea of a woman being trained to use her body and her sexuality yeah. and all that, that's a very exploitation you idea. You can see the, grind, the grindhouse that's trailer in your head. That's a very grindhouse kind of idea. Yeah. But it's done with complete seriousness and done with a huge mainstream budget. Yeah. And her uncle looks like Vladimir Putin. That's right. <laughs> and so for me, I liked that. There was that, it, it kind of had that slightly grindhousey sort of aesthetic yeah. uh, that, that I really, really enjoyed. Sure it is. Well, that's what Gavin thought. I didn't like it. So that's Red Sparrow. There you go. That's our uh, that's reviews good. for this double header. Um, if you like the show, you can give us a like on iTunes. That always helps. Tell your friends about the podcast too. That's the main way that people find out about us. You have you any tr- comments or uh, criticisms, whatever, you can email us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. You can also get us on Twitter. I'm on at McNastyPrime. I'm at GavYap. And on Instagram, I'm at GavYap77. So yeah, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.